Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. It is always a privilege and an honor to break open, to break open the bread of God's word, isn't it? And I'm excited about what I want to share with you today because I believe it's something that's life-changing. Of course, anything in God's word is life-changing. From Genesis to Revelations. And so if you will have ears to hear what the Spirit says, I believe that, that God will do something in your life that will take you to a whole nother level if you catch what, I'm, what the Spirit is saying today. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to the book of Genesis. We're going to start there. I'm going to read a few scriptures. So if you have your tablets, your Androids, Apple, your apps on your phone, or if you actually still bring our physical Bible to church, God bless you. <laughs> Genesis chapter 17, we're going to start in verse 1. When you get there, just shout, I'm with you. All right. You guys are quick. Must be Bible readers. I want to thank God for our, how many love Pastor and Tiz and this. And thank God. Let's uh, continue, keep them in prayer. I wanted to stay, thank, pa, tell Pastor thank you for always allowing me to take this pulpit. Because, you know, I, I've been around a little bit and I've preached in a lot of churches. And, you know, it's, uh, it's a serious thing when you allow somebody to preach in your pulpit. It's a very serious thing. And you just don't allow anyone. So it says a lot about him. And I, I want to thank Pastor for allowing me to covered the service today and bring this word to you. It is always a a privilege and an honor. Let's look at Genesis chapter 17, verse 1. And I'm going to, we're going to read all the way through 1 through 8. And then we're going to go over to Psalms 89. So you want to just go ahead and grab that while we're at it. Psalms 89, 33 through 37. We're going to take time to read the word today and not just fly over it. And then we're going to read Hebrews 6, 13 through 20. So just remember those. If you're taking notes, write them down. But we're going to go through all of those as our foundational scriptures today. Are you ready? All right. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, and I'll give you the title here in just a moment. I haven't forgotten. I am almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. Now, Abram, this is before he, he had a name change. Because when you meet with God and God cuts a covenant with you, he changes your name. Abram meant exalted father. Now, many of you know his name was changed to what? Abraham. And what does Abraham mean? Father of many nations. He says in verse 2, and I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. And I'm just going to just stop and pause between some of these scriptures because they're so powerful. The title of this message is the power of the blood covenant. That you and I, as believers in Jesus Christ, those who are born again, we have a blood covenant with God. It is a covenant that was ratified By the blood that Jesus shed. We also know that Jesus shed his blood how many times? Seven. 
And each place that his blood was shed redeemed something that man had lost in the garden. Are you with me? We understand that we won't go through all of them. Pastor does a masterful job at preaching on that. But we know that when his blood was shed, when it was shed out of his hands, that because of what happened to man, that he toiled after man's sin and he labored and he sweat because sin will make you sweat. Sin will make you labor and struggle. But when Jesus' blood was shed in his hands, he redeemed man from just struggling in life so that whatever he begins to put his hands to, it can begin to prosper. That's the covenant. That's the power of the blood covenant. So he says this to Abram because God always initiates covenant. It is, it is not man coming to God. It is always God reaching down to man. You know, someone said it like this. Religion is man trying to reach God in his own efforts. And how many know religion cannot reach God? You can say a thousand Hail Marys, you can say it 20 Our Fathers, you can bow, you can kneel, you can do all those things, but you will never be able to touch God unless you come through his son, Jesus Christ, who is the mediator of the new covenant. Is anybody with me today? This, you you got to stay with me this morning because this is very powerful. So he says, I will make my covenant between me and you. And, and I will multiply you exceedingly. See, this is what I love. See, God's desire in this covenant is to multiply you exceedingly. Not a very many amens on that one. Okay, let me just break it down like this. God wants to multiply your money. He wants to multiply your health. He wants to multiply your joy. He wants to multiply your favor. He wants to multiply you in goods. He wants to multiply you in land. He wants to multiply you in wisdom. Is anybody still out there? Because the covenant will always multiply you in every area of your life. Well, some would say, well, that's, that's that prosperity gospel. Well, I don't see anywhere in the word of God that it commands you to be poor. He says, I will make my covenant with you. See, covenant was always designed to increase you and multiply you. Verse 3. Now, this is what Abram did in response to something that was so powerful and overwhelming. Then Abram fell on his face and God talked with him. He fell on his face when God initiated covenant with him. How many know that's a good response when God comes to you and says, you know what? I'm going to bless you exceedingly. He fell on his face and God talked with him saying, and God began to share the terms of this covenant. He says in four, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be a father of many nations. Now here we are thousands of years later. And what is that nation that he is the father of? Israel. Israel is actually on the map today because God gave a promise to one man who was a pagan living in the desert with nothing. How many have been to Israel? 
So you've walked it, you've seen it, you know that it's real. That is the manifestation of what God said in Genesis 17 to one person. The scriptures say this. When I called you, God was referring to Abraham. When I called you, you were one man. And when I blessed you, I increased you greatly. See, God may call you in the most troubling and tough times of your life. He will call you when you don't have much. He will call you when you are, are not prospering. He'll call you when you are not multiplying. You may have nothing going for you, but when his covenant comes to you and he calls you, he says, you may be one, but now you have a covenant with me. Now you're going to increase and multiply greatly. Verse 5, no longer shall your name be called Abram, exalted father. But your name shall be Abraham, father of many nations. For I have made you a father of many nations. Verse 6, and then he continues, I will make you exceedingly fruitful. And I will make nations of you and kings shall come from you. We're talking about a pagan man. Think about it. Think about where you were when God called you. Because my Bible says he didn't call, he didn't call the most righteous or the most noble or the most gifted. No, he called you and I when we were bound in sin, bound in drugs and alcoholism, bound in sexual immorality, bound in anger. Bound in bitterness, living in darkness, and he called us out of darkness to bring us into a covenant of light. And then he says, now I'm going to bless you and increase you exceedingly. So from day one, every step you take in your life with God should be increasingly and blessing and flowing and favor happening in your life every day that you walk with God. You should not be subtracting in your life. You should be multiplying in your life. Because this is what the covenant promises you and me. Because see, when God gives a promise, there's no limitations to that promise. See, we think when, uh, you know, we think in human terms and we, when, one, when a person promises something, it's good, but it's limited. But when God promises something, it is unlimited. Because the promise takes, has the nature of God himself who has no ending. Did you hear what I just said? The promise has the nature of God on it. That means it cannot be limited, it cannot be stopped, it cannot be subtracted. The devil can't, the devil can't curse it because the devil can't curse what God has blessed. Because the covenant ensures the blessing. All right. He says, I'll make you exceedingly fruitful and I'll make nations of you and kings will come from you. So you never knew who you're sitting beside right now. 
See, we take each other for granted and don't realize the potential that God has placed in each and every one of us in this covenant and what could come out of your life, what could come out of this church. I believe that in this church there are millionaires and billionaires. I'm not just saying that to hype you. Because the covenant promised you that you'll increase. I believe that in this church there are pe- people that are influential in all the areas of life. Whether it be business, whether it be arts and entertainment, whether it be in ministry, whether it be as a missionary, whether it be as an apostle or a prophet, whether it be as a teacher or a law enforcement officer or a military service member. It does not matter that God has placed in you a covenant that will cause you to have great influence in the earth and what will come out of you will be far beyond anything you can ask and anything you can think. Why? Because you have a covenant with Almighty God. Verse 7. I will establish my covenant between me and you. And listen to this. Because the covenant was meant to go from generation to generation, to generation, to generation, to generation. That means this covenant was meant to go to your children. Now, some of you watching may not have children born again yet, but guess what? The promise of God to you is this. Your whole family, your whole household shall be saved because that's what the covenant promises. They may be incarcerated right now. They may be bound in alcohol and drugs. They may not even want to step foot in the church. But the promise says the generation after generation after generation my covenant extends to. We only think in generations. God thinks generationally. Okay, that's why we have to begin to think covenantly. We have to begin to think down the road. We have to think of the next generation and the next generation after that. Because let me tell you something. As you walk in this covenant with God, you are breaking through. You are breaking things from previous generations from on your family. And you are releasing generations before you to come into an inheritance that your family has never experienced before. When I got saved, God broke me through so that. The things that happened in my family would no longer happen in my previous, but would no longer happen in my immediate family. That my sons would not be bound in drugs and alcohol. That my sons would not go to jail and come out and go to jail and come out and go to jail. But they would serve God in their generation. And they would increase more than me. Because the covenant meant that the increase comes on your children even greater than the father. So my sons will outdo me. But what, but does a good father, is that what a good father and mother want for their children? This is for not only physical children, but this is also for spiritual children. He 
He says, I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations, in their generations. Now, we know this. God does not have grandchildren. Isn't that right? So it's not automatic. Are you with me? Each generation has to, has to make a conscious decision to follow Christ for themselves. That they begin to say that no longer is, you, is this the God of my father, but now you are my God. Okay? So it's not automatic, but it's a promise. And if it's a promise from God, it cannot be altered and it cannot be broken ever. We'll talk about the customs of how a covenant was cut in primitive times and how it relates to us today. Now it says, my covenant is between me and you and your descendants after you and their generation. Listen, for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. Now in verse 8, and we'll stop there and move to the next scripture. Also, I give to you and your descendants after you the land in which you are a stranger. So God not only, not only promises that this, genera- that this covenant would go from generation to generation, he not only promises to increase Abraham exceedingly, he also promises him land that does not even belong to him. So you and I were, called, were meant by God in this covenant to also be landowners. Am I in the Baptist church this morning? I mean, serious. God promises you land. <laughs> Listen to me. We got to stop being religious. God did not command you to take a vow of poverty. Okay. The Catholic Church does that. This is not the Catholic Church. This is the kingdom of God. Okay? God bless the Catholic Church, but that's not the Bible. So I don't care what the Pope says. The Pope needs to get saved. But I want to know what the Bible has promised me. Because I don't want to live small. I don't want to live below my covenant means when God has promised me something that is far greater than I've ever known. Why would I settle for less when God has the best for me? See, this covenant was not for heaven. This covenant was meant for the earth. You don't need land in heaven. You need land right now. You don't need increase in heaven. You need increase right now. He says, after your descendants, after you, I'm giving you the land in which you are a stranger. All the land of Canaan as an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Let's look over in Psalms. Now, you know this is going to be a two-part message because I haven't even got to my first point yet. This is, yeah, this is the kind of stuff you got to take time with. 
And let me say this as you're turning to Psalms 89. What destroys God's people is what? Lack of knowledge. When we don't understand what God has promised us and what he has given us in his word, because of our ignorance, we will not experience what God has for us, and our lack of knowledge will destroy us or hurt us. That's why you must become established in this covenant. See, this is a covenant book, okay, from cover to cover. This is God's covenant promise to you and I from Genesis to Revelation. Because everything that God does comes out of covenant. He does not initiate or do anything outside of covenant. He all, before he blesses a person, he first establishes covenant with that person. Before he raises anyone up, he establishes covenant. Now I know the Bible says that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Why? Because God is good. Nevertheless, the righteous have a covenant and the unrighteous do not have a covenant. Big difference. See, when he told the children of Israel, I'm bringing you into a land flowing with milk and honey. You got to hear this. That meant that you would not live on miracles alone. You were not just meant to live on miracles. And God will do miracles. He's a miracle working God. We understand that. But when you come into covenant and you realize what you have and you realize what God's done for you, you were not meant from a, to go from miracle to miracle. You were meant to come into a flow. Where, you know, you get healed one day and you get sick the next. You're in the hospital one day and you're out the next. You're broke one day and you got money the next. And it's up and down. And it's up and down. And I see so many Christians living that way. Up and down, up and down. When God promised you to bring you into a land flowing with milk and honey. Flowing with joy. Flowing with victory. Flowing with favor. So that every day of your life, you are walking in the overflow of what this, co this covenant has promised you. And you are not there sitting there struggling, waiting for a miracle. Because you already know what belongs to you. Everybody shout flow. See, this is what's going to happen to you in 2021. You're going to begin to walk in the flow of God's favor like you never have before. You're going to walk in the flow. You're not just going to get healed, but you're going to walk in divine health because that's what the covenant promises. So while all the world is going dark, the children of God are rising higher and higher and higher and overcoming and prospering when the world is going backwards. You and I are going forwards. That's why I've heard testimonies of pastors this year who refused to close their church. And some of these pastors, in the middle of a pandemic, bought new buildings. Their attendance increased. When people were closed down, locked up in homes like they're in jail. 
you got churches out there that says, I dare to believe the covenant that God has given me and I'm going to step out and take him at his word. And they saw increase in a time when people are going backwards. This is the promise of the covenant that you were meant to walk into a flow. Psalms 89, 33 through 37. Give me one second because I'm running my mouth. Psalms 80, 89. Starting in verse 33. Nevertheless, this is God speaking. My loving kindness I will not utterly take from him. Nor allow my faithfulness to fail. How many know you can always count on God? His faithfulness never fails. This is this promise. His loving kindness in the Hebrew means his said. It's also referring to covenant. 34. He says, my covenant I will not break. Nor alter the word that has gone out of my lips. In other words, God's not going to change his mind 20 years down the road about you. Like people, like people do. You know, you got... Um, you got two people married 20 years later, and one of them like, well, you know what? I want to I I, I enjoy my life. I want to get divorced. Well, 20 years of your life, you've been committed, and now you want to go, and you want to just do your own thing. Change their mind. You know, they, they forgot they had a, how many know marriage is a covenant? It's not a contract. You know what amazes me is that when, when, when things happen in a marriage, all of a sudden, it's only a piece of paper. But when they first got married, they couldn't wait to sign the paper. And now things are happening. It's just a piece of paper. I don't get it. Marriage is a covenant. You don't change your mind 20 years down the road. Because you made a promise, come on, before God and man. You suck it up and make it work. That's what I said. You suck it up and make it work. You don't go the easy route and say, I want to get divorced because you know what? I just want to have my own happiness. No, you made a covenant. So suck it up and get to work and make it happen. I can say that because I've been married for 34 years. (laughs) People just love to take the easy way out. And they get around and listen to the wrong people tell them, girl, you know what? You just need your own happiness. Girl, you know what? That man don't care about you. Girl, you know what? You You need to go out there and do your own thing. Girl, girl, shut up. When a husband or a wife stop wearing their wedding ring for no good reason, you already know something's up. And I'm not talking about if they binge eat, were binge eating donuts at Dunkin' Donuts, okay? That's something I would do, so I'm just talk, telling on myself. But there was no good reason for them not to wear their wedding ring and they stopped wearing it. Something's wrong. 
Because the wedding ring is a sign. It is a sign, and notice there's no separation in the ring. It's forever. Just like your covenant with God. I don't know why I got on marriage, but anyhow. Somebody needed to hear that. Let me just stay right there for a moment. The problems that you're facing, whoever you are right now in your marriage, is not impossible for God to fix. It is not impossible. He is a God who can restore the love back. Come on. The devotion back. Come on. He can, do, he can, restore, the, he can restore all of that back. If you allow God to work in your home, God will restore your marriage and make it better than it was from in the beginning. If you let him and don't give up and don't start messing around with other people while you're separated, if you're married, because how many know that's adultery. And did I, did, 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 did I, you know, I mean, did I say something wrong? If you are separated and you, and you're seeing another person, you, you're committing adultery. But it's just a piece of paper. You know what? Just shut your mouth right now. It's a covenant. You are still bound to that person. So you are not allowed to be going around seeing other people when you are still, no matter if you are living a hundred miles away, you're still bound together in a covenant. All right, that's enough. You know, I was talking to a cousin of mine recently. And, you know, she's had some problems in her marriage. They've been married for a while. And, you know, and the husband went out on her. She went out on him. And so I said, you know, you know, girl, you can't be doing that. That's wrong. She said, well, hey, he went out on me. I say, it doesn't matter. Two wrongs don't make a right. <laughs> Anyhow, he says in 36, his seed shall endure forever and his throne as the sun before me. Amen. It shall be, verse 37, it shall be established forever like the moon, even like the faithful witness in the sky. Selah, which means pause and think on this. Now, we're going to read one more. And then I'm going to try to attempt to get to my first point, and then we'll have to end at there, at that point. So Hebrews, let's look at Hebrews 6, 13 through 20. Hebrews 6, 13 through 20. Does anybody learn anything today? I'm gonna, when I get a chance, I will do part two of this, and we will go deeper into this message of covenant. But I want to lay a groundwork today, and the next time I am allowed to, to bring this word, I'll bring you the second part because it's just too much to cover today. Because this is really how powerful this is. You know, we could take, we could do a whole month on this, a series on this. And, and I wish I had the time to do this because as you, as you begin to learn and grow in this, you begin to get established in this. Where what happens to you is that you become fully persuaded. Somebody shout fully persuaded. What does that mean? You get to a place in God where you realize there's nothing that can stop me. I'm serious. I'm not just saying that. Nothing can stop me. 
Because you know who you are and you know who he is. And you realize that if you get on the plane and if the plane goes down and you may be the only survivor because you have a covenant with God and God's not done with you. See, that's how powerful this is. See, because you have a covenant with God, God will move heaven and earth just to get to you what he promised. He will move people. He will move situations. He will move nature itself just to get to you what he promised. He will even cause laws, policies, and regulations to be changed just for you. We'll talk about that later because in part two, I'm, I'm going to give you 20, 20 covenant promises in the word of God. 20 of them. And they're way more than that. So this is, you get to a place where you, you're unstoppable. Sickness. Okay, whatever. You know, because you're not living in fear. Because see, listen to me. How many know the devil was stripped of his power when Jesus kicked him upside his head? Okay. The, the, the Bible says that, that he stripped the devil of his power. Stripped him. Made a show of him openly, tramping over him in the cross. Stripped him. So he's walking around stripped and defeated. He can't, yes, he has some power, but where does he get the power from? He gets the power from those who choose to believe him. See, when you believe the liar, you empower the liar. When you believe the sentence of sickness and death, you empower him. So once you allow the fear to come in, you empower the enemy to take advantage of you. But you got to understand, you are a covenant person. You live in divine health. God is on your side. And if God before you, what can stand against you? You have a covenant with God. So you can walk in this life dominating situations, dominating circumstances, because the Bible says you and I were meant to reign in life as a king. So live like you're a king, because you are one. Quit letting the devil punk you and stand up and say, I have a cover with God. You cannot stop me. You get fearless. You get fierce. When you walk into the room, devils get nervous. Serious. That's what happened to Jesus. He walked in the room and devils got nervous. I know who you are. The son of the living God. Because he knew who he was. Now get this. Jesus was the prototype for you and I. Not Billy Graham, not T.D. Jakes, come on some, not Joel Osteen and God bless them all and they are great examples of men of God, but Jesus is your prototype. No one else. He showed you how to live in this covenant every day he walked the earth. He 
showed you how to dominate. He showed you how to overcome. He showed you how to resist sin. He showed you how to stand. And he showed you how to be a covenant man and woman of God. All right, last scripture, and then we're going we're gonna to pray. We're going to make a declaration, and we're going to have communion. Because communion is symbolic of this covenant. Yes. Hebrews 6, 13 through 20, and we'll end with this. You there? Yes. For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater. This, oh, this is so powerful. There was no one greater to swear by. Because there's no other God but God himself. He couldn't go to a higher, uh, he couldn't go to a higher source. He was the source. So the Bible says God swore by his own name. Because that's how good his name is. He could swear by no one greater, so he swore by himself. Remember the old saying, your word is your bond. Your word is your bond and you shake on it. Your word is your bond. What you say, you're committed to. Verse 14, saying, surely blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men indeed swear by the greater and an oath for confirmation is for them an end of all dispute. Thus God, determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise, the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. Somebody shout, it is impossible for my God to lie to me. See, there is one thing that's impossible for God to do. He cannot lie. What he said, he will do it. We might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil, the holy of holies. See, this is where this promise goes. It goes straight to the source, God himself. Where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. (laughs) What caused Abram to become not only wealthy, but the father of many nations? Covenant. What caused three million people to come out of 400 years of slavery? covenant what caused 12 men to turn the world upside down with the gospel of jesus christ covenant what caused david to stand before a giant who he was outnumbered outgunned out everything everything was against him and he overcame that day and he showed the world that god is a god who keeps covenant and you don't have to be anything great all you need to do is simply believe what he has promised you and walk in it. See, David showed more kingship than Saul that day. And we'll talk about that next time. I'm going to talk about how when Saul gave David his armor, 
Because in covenant, there's an exchange of weapons, and we'll talk about that more next time. There's an exchange of weapons where the stronger group or the family exchange their weapons with the weaker to protect them in battle. But see, God rejected Saul, so David could not receive something from him because God was done with him. And my alarm is going off. Let's stand. Because I could just, I could go for another hour with this, seriously. Because it just, it, just, it just keeps growing. How many know the word of God is always growing? The word of God is alive. That's why it just, it just keeps growing. You can read a, look at a scripture and all of a sudden you see something, you read it again, you see something else. Because the word of God is living. Every head bowed, every eye close. If there's anyone here today and anyone watching by stream, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, I want you to know that you can come into covenant with God today. That God loves you so much that he sent his only son. That is covenant giving and sacrifice at its greatest. God so loved the world that he gave his son that you might have life that you might have hope, that you might have forgiveness, and that you might have freedom from sin and from the things that are destroying your life. Jesus has come to break the generational cycles in your family and to replace them with generational blessings and favor and to turn those things around for you where you can begin to experience life and life more abundantly. This is what Jesus has come to do. We just had Christmas. Christmas is the reason. Jesus is the reason for the season. This is why he came. This is why he lived. This is why he died. He did it with you in mind. And he is releasing or he is giving out an invitation to come into covenant with him and be saved. If that's you today and you want to give your life to Jesus Christ for the very first time, you want to come in covenant with this God who cares about you more than you'll ever know. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand right now all across the building. Just lift it high to God. I see that hand. Anyone else? I see your hand. Anyone else? In the, all throughout the building, I see that hand. Anyone else in the building? Just lift your hand to God, signifying the fact. I see your hand. I want to give my life to this Jesus who laid down his life for me. That is covenant sacrifice. What greater love has no man than this to lay down his life for his friend? That is what covenant does. It lays its life down for someone who cannot do anything back to them or for them. Anyone else that lift up? I see your hand. God bless you. Just raise your hand. Just slip it up and put it back down. Just signifying to God that that's me. I want to give my life to you. I see your hand. God bless you guys. Thank you for responding. Those that are in your home, God sees you. If you're a backslider, you want to give your life to Christ, slip up your hand and you want to come back to God. You want to renew your covenant. Amen. I want all of you to pray this with me. All of you that raise your hand, those that are watching by stream, just pray this with me real quickly. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And I believe that you gave your life for me. Forgive me of all the things I've done wrong. I invite you into my heart to be my Lord and my Savior. I give my life to you. Satan, get out of my life. Get out of my mind. Get out of my body. 
get out of my life forever. I close the door on you and I open my heart to Jesus and I come into covenant with you forever and ever. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for me. Amen. Let's give those a big hand clap that prayed that today. Okay, we got four minutes. I want you to pull out your your bread and your wine, your grape juice. Some of you get excited when I said wine. <laughs> this is a, this is a symbol of the covenant that we have with with God. I do this actually. I do this every day of my life. I look forward to it because it reminds me of what God has done for me. And when I go into prayer, I just position myself and thank him for what he's done. Because when you take the bread and you take the blood, it helps remind you of the sacrifice that he made and the covenant promises he's given you. So if you need healing today, you can receive it right now because his sacrifice is provided. I believe there are people that will be healed right now, even as we take this. If you need deliverance, you need a breakthrough in your finances, your business, you can receive it right now. Because Jesus has come what? As we said in the beginning, he's come to increase you exceedingly. Of course, salvation is the greatest gift of all. There's nothing greater than that. But he also promises extra benefits. So I want you to Take the bread in your hand, and we're going to pray. Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to sacrifice his life for us. You laid down your life that we might be whole. And right now, if there are people here and watching, Lord, we receive healing, health, joy, life, finances, resources, opportunities, open doors, favor, whatever it is, family coming to Christ family members being delivered, husbands being set free, wives being set free. Whatever it is, we receive it because you gave your life for it. And we partake of this communion and we do this in remembrance of you until you come for us. And we thank you for your sacrifice. Let's take it right now. This is the blood of the new covenant. The blood that Jesus shed. In this blood, he's provided healing. In this blood, he's provided deliverance, freedom. Every generational curse is broken by the blood of Jesus. Every bondage is broken. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for sending Jesus to shed his blood seven times to buy back, to redeem us to where it was when Adam was in the garden. And even greater than that, this blood has restored us into right relationship with you and restored us back to our covenant rights. And we receive today all that this blood has provided for us. And we thank you for it right now. And we do this in remembrance to you come, thanking you for the blood of Jesus. We are covered by the blood of Jesus. Our families are covered. Our children are covered. Our marriages, our, our very lives are covered every day by the blood of Jesus. 
And because of it, no evil shall befall us. Neither will it come nigh our house or our dwelling. A thousand may fall at our side, 10,000 in our right, but it will not come near us because we are the blood-bought children and covenant people of God. And we receive it right now in Jesus' name. Give the Lord one big clap and shout. Thank him for what he's done. Thank him for what he's doing in your life right now. I just want you to know we love you here. On behalf of passengers, we love every one of you. You will never walk alone. You will never fight alone. Because you've got covenant brothers and sisters with you all the way until we get to heaven.